Hi, welcome to another episode of ServiceNow Tech Bytes, the podcast that helps you use the product better and more efficiently. I'm your host, Suzanne Smith. Today's podcast is on hibernation of personal developer instances. We'll talk about personal developer instances, or PDIs, as the on-ramp to ServiceNow, the difference between the developer program and our technology partner program, an overview of hibernation, hibernation versus instance reclamation, troubleshooting issues, instance versions and PDIs, and plugins and integrations for your PDI. I have the two best people in the company to talk about this with us. Welcome, Brian and Jack. Hi, guys. Hey, Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Hi. Uh, Brian is the manager of integrations in the platform product management group. He has been at ServiceNow for about a year and a half, and he did our Tech Bytes episode in January with the fabulous Cesar Sandoval, and we talked about scripted REST APIs. That's correct. Also today, we have Jack Way. Jack is our senior manager of software engineering, and he has been here for four years, a veteran. He is very active in the developer community that is part of the larger ServiceNow community, and he is the force behind this part of the developer program. So we are happy to have the customer perspective and the technical perspective here today. Thanks for being here, guys. Happy to be here. Uh, I think we're going to kick it over to Brian first. Now, Pat DiMartin also came on the podcast back in December and kind of did an introduction at that time of the developer program, but it's been a while and six months is a long time in ServiceNow time. So can you give people a general idea of the developer program and kind of introduce it with a broad brush for us. Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. And just a, a fun story to sort of start. So Pat DiMartini really started uh, along with Jack, the developer program here at ServiceNow. And a funny sort of side note or history is I was a customer before I came here to work and I was working with Jack and Pat as a design partner as they're putting together the developer program. So uh, I was really happy to see what Pat did and what Jack did. And they, they really got the show on the road and, and got it going and really enabled a lot of things for customers like myself in my past life. And with that, uh, recently, you know, I've had the opportunity uh, to try to pick up the torch where, where Pat left off and, and really work with Jack and support Jack and the team in growing this developer program. And people are asking, Suzanne's asked me to describe what the developer program is. And to put it simply, I like to refer to it as the on-ramp to ServiceNow for both people that come from a traditional development background, as well as a broader audience of people that are curious about building things with ServiceNow. So there's no expectation that everybody that comes to the developer program has done full stack development or has a CS degree. There is an expectation that they're curious about ServiceNow. And I really like to think of the developer program as that on-ramp. And the reason why it's an on-ramp is because a lot of the documentation there is focused along uh, lines of a, of a path, a course and a path, a learning path per se, as well as the fact that you have the ability to get a personal developer instance. And uh, you know, I learned now that we've referred to those as PDIs. But if a personal developer instance, what does it mean? Why is it important? Uh, when you're going to work with a technology, if uh, usually you want to get your hands on it. I'm a button pusher, right? I'm a very impatient person. And unless I'm actually touching something, uh, it's oftentimes hard for me to learn. And so with ServiceNow, a lot of people have access to it, but primarily through their company. They have access to their company's instance. And I know that when I was a customer working on my company's instance, there were a lot of uh, 
restrictions per se, not without reason and concerns for me to make certain changes. So if I wanted to test out a new feature or learn about some functionality or discover how I could use something to then maybe go take it back and leverage it at work, but without any risk of actually changing something that was part of my, my employer's uh, ServiceNow instance, I didn't have a way to do that. But with personal developer instances, you do. You most certainly have a way to do that. So you can go to the developer program, get a personal developer instance, and really get on the on-ramp to, to learn ServiceNow, learn about our features and functionality. And in addition, uh, people can go to the developer program to look for, for documentation. Uh, the other component of the documentation there, as I mentioned earlier, there's some learning paths, is some reference documentation. And by no means is this meant to replace our, our documentation site uh, that exists, but it's the documentation there is specifically reference formatted for things like our APIs and uh, provides tries to provide them in a searchable format so they can find APIs in a way that people that have looked at APIs for other systems are used to seeing it online. So they we should expect that if they go there, they're, they're seeing API documentation presented to them in a manner that's familiar if they're looking at other common uh, API providers that exist, for instance, big social media companies or search providers that offer APIs. The formatting should be similar, and we want to appeal to that market uh, for that reason, so they can quickly understand the similarity, uh, and that they can consume those APIs and ServiceNow that way. That's what I think of when you ask me what the developer program is at ServiceNow. Great overview. Thank you very much, Brian. Um, we also have another program, and I just wanted you to quickly tell the differences between the developer program and the technology partner program in case people had heard of both but didn't understand how they differed. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I just mentioned the developer program. Uh, so to compare it with the technology partner program, I think I should say a little bit about what the technology partner program tries to do and, and offers. So as the developer program tries to be an on-ramp for people that are curious about ServiceNow technology, curious about new functionality or have want to learn something about it, the technology partner program specifically targets people that want to be partners with ServiceNow. Now, what does it mean to be a partner? A partner could be uh, somebody that wants to sell a service, an application in the ServiceNow store. Right? So they actually want to get into the partner program by which they're entering a formal agreement with ServiceNow that they are going to have partner-specific instances that allow them to be a, eventually be a vendor if they would like to and release an application on the ServiceNow store. It also means that they have the opportunity to use some of the technology partner program support resources, so a different support group than uh, the customers use that's specifically targeted towards technology partners and helping them uh, through the process of getting applications on the store. And once those applications are on the store, to, to take care of them, to upgrade them, to update them. There's also a certification component of that by which that technology partner program certifies a, uh, a partner's application before it can actually be released and made available to customers. Uh, there's also some resources provided in terms of figuring out how to do contracts for those applications and, uh, and do billing. So those are services that the technology partner program provides. Similar to the personal developer instances, technology partner program provides instances. Those instances are not free. Those instances are, uh, are a paid program. That's a short summary of what I think of as the technology partner program. No, that's great. Thank you for, for distinguishing between those two because their names are somewhat similar. And so we just wanted to make that distinction for people. Uh, I want to swing over to Jack now. And the developer program has been around now for about a year and a half. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I we launched last year at Knowledge 15. Knowledge 15. And then what we're going to specifically talk about here today is hibernation. And that debuted at Knowledge 16 this year, correct? 
That's correct. So can you tell us a little bit about what the hibernation feature is and why it's been created and how it's in place now? Absolutely. So one of the big benefits that the developer program provides is that we give out these free instances that our customers and our partners typically have to pay for. Um, And one of the goals of the program is to make sure that these instances are available for anyone who's interested. It doesn't require a lot to sign up for the developer program. You just need a a valid email address, basically, and and you can get yourself a ServiceNow instance. That's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) However, these instances are expensive to run. um, And we've seen the demand for these instances grow incredibly high, like to a point where we are unable to sustain it. Um, And we want to prioritize making sure that this program is free. So what we did was we introduced this feature called hibernation that will actually spin down your instance uh, after a certain amount of inactivity. And the reason that we do that is so that we can free up those resources to create another instance for someone else to use. Um, So the net benefit is we're able to support a larger number of overall instances uh, for all of our users to, to be able to continue to provide them for free to, to anyone who's interested. So with, with this new feature, how can users manage their instance in, in an intelligent way and in an, in an efficient way? So most of it should be automatic. Um, and the way it works is if you're logged into your instance and you're using it, it won't hibernate. And it shouldn't hibernate for about six hours since the last time you used it, since the last time you had an active session. Um, If you do stop using it, we we start after a certain amount of time, we'll start spinning down the instances. And we're actually making tweaks on the back end to try to tweak how quickly we spin down these instances to try to uh, reduce the number of times you need to wake up your instance. Um, And so that's kind of an ongoing process, and that largely depends on how many other people are using instances and how much uh, capacity is available. So how do people know, or do they know, do they need to know when their instance is in hibernation, or do you kind of magically make all of this happen on the back end? So you'll know your instance is in hibernation when you try to go to your instance, and instead of seeing your instance page, you'll see a page saying your instance is currently sleeping. So it should be very obvious to to the end user uh, when they're using their instance. Uh, The one big thing to call out, though, is that if you have uh, automation running on your instance, whether it's scheduled jobs or web services or things like that, um, in that case, it may not be immediately obvious. Your instance simply won't be responding to, to those API calls. I want to try, and a- as we're talking about this, I want to work in some of the questions that people actually posted and asked in the community, because it might be the best way to, to guide this conversation, since these are the, the questions that people had. Um, does a user ever lose their instance? Is there is there a stage after hibernation where it's completely shut off? There is. So once again, in in the name of making sure that we have instances for everyone, if you don't use your instance uh, for about 10 days, we will reclaim your instance and take it back and reset it and give it to someone else. Before we do this, we will send you an email about maybe about two days before we reclaim the instance, letting you know that this is about to happen. And if you want to keep your instance, all you need to do is you either need to log into your instance and make a change Um, to tables or business rules or scripts or something that's captured in your update set. Or you can actually just log into the developer site and hit the extend button and you'll be able to keep your instance for another 10 days. Okay, so that goes to another question that someone asked in the community was, I'm going on vacation, how do I preserve my work? And that's hitting the extend button. 
so if you're going on vacation for more than 10 days, uh, then you, what we recommend is that you export your work. And there's a, a variety of mechanisms to do that at this point. Um, if you're using Helsinki, there is the Git source code integration that you can use to export your work to that. Um, or you can export it to the more traditional update set and save it off so that when you do get back from vacation, you can get a new instance and apply your changes there. Another question that someone asked, and you may have touched on this already, is what is the best way to keep my dev instance active? And that's just by going in and making... And either using it on a regular basis and making changes that, that are captured in an update set, or just logging into the dev site on a regular basis and hitting that extend button. Uh, another question we had was, uh, what should I do if my dev instance is always hibernating? Or does that not really happen? That shouldn't happen. Yeah. If you're using your instance, then you should be able to wake it up and continue using it. If the instance does hibernate while you're using it, that's definitely something that we wouldn't expect that you should let us know about through the community. And, and we'll look into that. Uh, and that kind of leads into my next question, was, which is, if if someone encounters a problem, how can they try to help themselves? How can they troubleshoot themselves? And then if they hit a wall, where can they go for help? Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of troubleshooting can be done by actually looking through the community. We, as part of the program, as part of keeping the program free, we're not able to offer the traditional support that our customers have. You can't pick up the phone and call support. You can't open up a ticket. Um, we, we simply don't have the resources to scale um, in that way. So what we've done instead is we've created an area within the community um, that you can get to from the My Instance page. And that area is dedicated for folks who are having issues with their instances. Um, and that's a good place to go and look to see if someone else has had this issue. Or if you don't find it already, um, you can actually post a question there. And what we've seen is actually other community members are incredibly responsive to answering those questions. Or uh, someone from our side will also um, is looking through there and looking for folks who, who need help and assisting them as well. And that developer community part of the community is especially active. There, that seems to be a very active group. And there's a lot discussions are happening and answers are coming mm -hmm. fairly quickly in there. Um, is there anything that you can tell us if that people are doing wrong if they're new? So they've just gotten a developer instance and, you know, maybe in relation to the to the hibernation feature, is there anything that that newbies are doing or confused about that you can sort of head off at the pass? I would say the most common issue that we've seen, um, and we're, we're actually doing some work on our side to try to address it as well, but a lot of folks are having trouble logging into their developer instance because they confuse the credentials that they're using for the developer site with their instance. Oh, so yeah. you log into the developer site using your email address and your, you know, your, your password. But when you log into the instance, you're actually logging in typically with admin and a password that's been given to you when you, um, when the instance was assigned to you. Um, if you're not able to log into your instance, uh, the best thing to do is to go to the developer site, go to the, my instance page, and then, uh, reset your admin password. That will actually wipe out the password and give you a new one so that you can log into your instance. I think people also uh, stumble across understanding what changes will be tracked in the update set. Uh, and there's not, it's not something I can give an explanation to in one sentence. Uh, effectively, you know, give me an example is that something that would be a configuration change would be something that's tracked in the update set. So for instance, if I were to create a table, if I were to add a field to a table, if I were to create a scripted REST API, if I were to do anything that's going to be tracked in a scoped application, 
those things would be tracked in update set are going to definitely count as activity to reset the counter uh, per hibernation or per instance reclamation uh, for personal developer instances. Something that's not an, an update or a change would be if I add a new incident. Like if I create an incident, that's it's just a record. It, and even me saying it's just a record is a little bit of a, a misnomer, but it's a it's a record that exists inside of an application or inside of a table. Uh, and I think Jack's looking at me because he knows that this is a slippery slope. So mm. creating an incident, creating a change, uh, management record, uh, those are not things that would, would be constituted as like configuring or actively developing on your ServiceNow instance. So can you tell us what some of the best practices are for hibernation? So one of the best practices I would say is really try to get into using scoped applications and linking that scoped application with a, a Git repo, whether it be on you know some service that your own uh, Git hosted repo that you have connectivity to from that instance, or some service out there that offers free repos. You know, connect that scoped application and then do commits frequently. Uh, that might seem a little confusing to some people. Maybe they've never used Git. Maybe they've never used ServiceNow. Uh, and they don't really understand source control. We really try to make it easy for you to leverage source control in ServiceNow in the Helsinki release as part of the, the studio feature without having to know anything about Git. It, it can be as simple as a link to that source control uh, repo, provide those credentials, and then committing your work. And we think commit committing work is a, a pretty widely understood concept, but you're actually committing it. And that work is then saved someplace external to ServiceNow. We also have a video that walks you through this in about about six minutes that's available uh, out there on the community that really quickly goes through creating an app in a personal developer instance, linking it to source control, and then doing those commits. The reason that's the best practice is because then if you create a new instance later on, the act of bringing that work back into that new instance is as simple as going back in the studio linking, uh, going out and bringing a new app in from source control. And it's really like three or four button clicks to say import from source control. And then you've got that app back into that instance and you can start working on it again. That was a, a big new feature as part of the Helsinki release. And I'd say that it's been really enjoyable for me, whether I'm working in a, in any personal developer instance, I like to keep my work in, in scoped applications and be able to quickly bring it across to other instances uh, seamlessly. Uh, you mentioned the Helsinki release specifically, and, and that leads me to the question of if I'm a developer, I sign up, I'm in the developer program, I get my free instance. Is my free instance always on the very latest version of ServiceNow? No. <laughs> so so it's not always on the latest version. You actually have the ability to choose a version. So we introduced this recently in the developer program that you can actually choose an instance. Uh, and so you're able to actually select the instance you would like, I'm sorry, select the version you would like your instance to be running. Uh, you'll see it now and it's actually going to be graphically displayed to you some images uh, with pictures of cities of the various cities we've named our recent releases after. And you can then go choose the, the version you want your instance to be on. We think that people, we actually we know that people have been asking for that and we're really happy to have that functionality. So I can say I want Geneva. Correct. Um, and people might want to do that if their own ServiceNow instance is that version and they want to play on the same version that they're Correct. running. Correct. But you know, for, for anybody that's listening to this that's been thankfully been some of our customers for a long period of time, we don't go back forever. So not all versions are available. We're not going back to things like Aspen or Berlin. I think currently the farthest back can go is Fuji. Uh, I don't think we've decided how far back we're going to let you go in the future. We need to make that decision as we go, and we'll try to make that decision based on you know, release cycles and time and also demand. So we are listening to you. Speak out in the developer community. 
uh, you know, tell us, tell us what you want and we will do our best to accommodate you and, and make our decisions on what versions to make available based on those requests. Aspen in Berlin. God, Brian, that's the way back machine. Um, plus also if, if a developer has their service now instance that they're using at work and it's Geneva, you can go into the developer program and get an instance that's Helsinki enabling you to for free play with the new Helsinki features. That's correct. But one thing just to keep in mind is you bring this up in the same uh, comment. They are completely and 100% separate. So any of your work instances and any uh, personal developer instance you have, they are not tied in any way, shape, or form. And at the same time, you sh- we would encourage you to not have the expectation that you're going to do work on the personal developer instance and then try to bring it into your work instance. Uh, you might want to learn how to do something, practice building it, but not have the expectation that you're going to pull something from that personal developer instance into your, your corporate instance. So back to our focus on hibernation. Is there anything that you guys want to cover that we haven't covered yet? We covered what what they need to do if they're going on vacation. I know that's a concern because I think the main concern is that people might lose something they've done. Yeah. So hibernation should never result in you losing your work. Um, And it should be, it should always work. You should always be able to wake up your instance and, and get it back. Uh, back to the state right before it fell asleep. Uh, the the one issue that we have seen come up is that only you can wake up your developer instance. So it's actually tied to the account that you sign into on the developer site. So this means that if you are sharing an instance with someone else and it goes to sleep, that person needs to have access to your developer account in order for them to be able to wake up your instance. Otherwise, there's no way for them to do that. And that's your email and the password you set up. Mm-hmm. On the developer site. On the developer site. Okay, good to know. The other thing that I wanted to mention uh, real quickly is the developer instances also allow you to activate certain plugins uh, that you would not necessarily get access to. So things like performance analytics, which is a premium offering, you can actually play with that on your developer instance through the management interface that Brian was talking about. You can go in there and activate plugins like orchestration and performance analytics and and so forth. Um, And if there are certain plugins that you're looking to activate that you currently don't have access to, please reach out and let us know. Um, And what we would typically do is we go reach out to the teams to make sure that they're okay with us opening these plugins up and and we try to make as many available to them as possible. Um, And the other big benefit of the developer program is we're talking about letting you choose different releases. The developer program is probably one of the fastest ways for you to get your hands on a new release of ServiceNow. So as soon as Helsinki is available, it's available on the developer program and you can get your hands on on that platform technology and start playing with it uh, long before you can get it through other means. And we saw that with the Helsinki release. We saw that the people who had signed up on the developer program got Helsinki were the early adopters. They were the people who were in there playing with it, talking about it and and doing things in Helsinki. So it is an exciting way to sort of be a little bit ahead of the crowd and try the try the new features out. Um, before we wrap up, I want to make sure we touched on different resources that people can use, uh, and you have a lot of them. So as you mentioned, they have access to that personal developer instance, 
And just to, so everybody knows, it's uh, developer.servicenow.com is the site to go to, uh, to to get to the developer program. So they have access to API documentation. They have access to learning content. They have links that will take them to other ServiceNow sites. And then they also have the, the way to manage if they're logged in their personal developer instance. So there's a management interface, uh, which point they can do things like wake up their instance or manage the instance or choose a, an alternate version. That's all available there. And the community is very active uh, with ServiceNow employees on there helping, as well as other people that have been in the developer program for a longer period of time helping out newbies. Absolutely. We've seen, we've actually seen a friendly competition between two ServiceNow employees who have been very proactively trying to answer any questions that pop up. And it's actually been kind of funny to watch these two. It's they're very quick. I've seen people post, and then within minutes, you'll you'll see a response from one of these guys, and it's it's very funny. Brian mentioned there's also the six minute video that is a great way for people to really see. Yeah. We're talking about it. We're all this is this is all audio, but to see it in action, that video sounds like a great place to start. It is. It's short and to the point, and it was really put out to specifically address people's concerns about like how do they back up their work. And so, you know, we encourage you to check it out. It doesn't drag on. It's not long. It's how do I do this? Here's how you do it. Watch me do it. And we're done. And so we really hope that helps people understand how they can use source control, even if the term source control seems like a very technical term for them. Or if you're completely familiar with source control, but you're like, how do I do it with ServiceNow? Uh, Some people like to read docs. Some people like to press buttons. Some people like to see videos. And so that, that video is out there and exists and they can get to it and really learn how to use that feature. And you have a comprehensive set of resources to help all those people out. The ones that want to get in there, the ones that yeah. want to watch something, the ones that want to read something or do all of the above. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I want to thank both of you for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to be here. And uh, as the developer program continues to evolve, you add new things like hibernation, we would be very happy to have you come back and talk about it again. I think it's a fantastic program for people who truly love using ServiceNow. They want to see new features early, and uh, they're excited about trying to create things in there. So thank you for coming and talking to us about it. No problem. For more information, please consult our product documentation the Knowledge Base, the ServiceNow community, and the Now Support YouTube channel. Thanks for listening.